Hi, my name is Mike Herbster. I'm privileged to be the director of Southland Christian Camp Ministries. For over 25 years, Southland has centered itself around the ministry of preaching. We believe that God uses the foolishness of preaching to convict hearts and transform lives. Our prayer is that today's sermon would push you to become more like our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As you listen, would you carefully evaluate your life in light of God's Word and take the appropriate action to grow in your walk with Him? We hope that you will enjoy today's message. you. Wasn't that great? Tremendous music and singing, and we certainly appreciate all of it. And I want to say thank you again to Southland for hosting such a great retreat. Amen. Um, they always do such an excellent job, whether it's junior camp or um, uh, teen camp, and my wife tells me ladies' retreats, and I know now men's retreats, and I mean, they just do a great job, and we appreciate uh, the staff here. Amen. Amen. If you would open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, and we'll begin reading in verse number 1. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 1. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 1. The Word of God records here, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We're trying to preach in these moments on the mature Christian man. And we began by looking at the fact that the mature Christian man uh, is a man who progresses spiritually. And so last night we considered the fact that uh, a mature Christian man and his spiritual progress. Uh, this morning we looked at the mature Christian man and his sexual purity. And uh, this afternoon I want us to think for a few moments about the mature Christian man and his scriptural parenting. Now if you wanted to go look, and we're not going to take the time to do this, but in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, you have there the qualifications for a pastor. And obviously a pastor is supposed to be spiritually mature. In fact, the Bible says he shouldn't be a novice. And uh, he has to have a good report of them that are without. But if you, was to, if you were to go look at that, you'll find that all three of these characteristics are mentioned there. Uh, he's to be the husband of one wife. The idea is he's to be a, a, a one-woman man. That's sexual purity. Uh, he is to be apt to teach, not be a novice. That is spiritual progress. And then he is to rule well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity, and that is scriptural parenting. And obviously, as men of God, we are all supposed to be moving towards maturity. And I want to submit to you that in order to be a mature Christian man, it's going to involve spiritual progress, sexual purity, and scriptural parenting. And so I want us to think about that a few moments, and it's going to involve more than that. 
but we only had to account for three sermons. <laughs> so that's all I'm going to give you. You can go dig out the rest of it on your own and listen to your pastor and Sunday school teachers. But the role of a father within a home as far as the development of children are concerned is critical. Uh, I read some time ago that the National Center for Children in Poverty found that children who do not have fathers are twice as likely to drop out of school they're twice as likely to go to jail, and they are four times as likely uh, to need treatment for emotional and behavioral problems. But something that's maybe even more staggering than that is that the, the National Center for Addiction and Substance Abuse at Columbia University, they found that when uh, a child is in a two-parent home, they have mother and father, but yet the child doesn't, the child has a fair or a poor relationship with their father, that they are 68% more likely to use drugs and to drink than a child that has a good or an excellent relationship with their father. And so as we think about how important uh, and how influential the role of the father is within the home, we do not need to be ignorant about our responsibilities. And we do not need to be indifferent towards our responsibilities. You know, many children are in trouble today because their dads are distracted and uh, they are not only distracted, but they're disinterested. And I, I would like to charge us this afternoon uh, to be mature Christian fathers. And I want us to look at the perfect father. Now, that's a, that's a big to live up to. <laughs> and you're not going to live completely up to it. But I would like to say that you can be a godly father. You will err, but by God's grace and for God's glory, you can be godlike in your parenting. You know, the, the most outstanding truth that Jesus taught about God is that he is father. In fact, Jesus applied that term to God 189 times in the Gospels. He did it 44 times in Matthew, four times in Mark, uh, 17 times in Luke, and 124 times in John. And so I want us to look to God the Father as our example today. And I want you to notice with me that first of all, God is not the Father of all mankind. He is the creator of all men. Amen. The Bible says in Genesis, Genesis 1, 27 that God created man in his own image. Uh, uh, in the image of God created he, he him, male and female created he them. God is the creator of all men, but God is only the father of those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Galatians 3, 26 that we are all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. And the Bible says that Jesus said for those who did not trust him that their spiritual father is Satan in John chapter 8, verse number 44. First John chapter 3, verse 1 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. In order to be a child of the Father, you must trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You must, be, you must be born again. You must repent of your sins. In order for God to be your father, you have to receive Jesus. 
The Bible says to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. You know, the Bible says that Jesus stands at our heart's door and he knocks. But you have a responsibility to open that door. And it may be that God in these moments has been speaking to you about salvation. And we urge you before you leave these premises to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You'll never be the father, you'll never be the man that you could be without a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want you to notice with me, first of all, about the Heavenly Father. Notice here uh, the practice or the pattern of the Heavenly Father. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 48, he said, uh, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. When it comes to the practice or the pattern of our Heavenly Father, it is that of righteousness. Uh, to put it more practically, it is that of right living. You know, our instruction will profit little if it is not backed up by the pattern of our life. The Apostle Paul, he was talking to the Corinthian believers about how he was their spiritual father, that he was used of God to bring them into God's family. And he said to them in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 15 through 17, he said, though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you have not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. Wherefore I beseech you, he says, be ye followers of me. He says, for this cause have I sent unto you Timotheus, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways, which be in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. He said to the Philippian believers in Philippians 4, 9, he says, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Now, I want to apply that to us as far as our families are concerned. If we are going to touch our children's lives, we got to be able to tell them to do what I do, Amen. to follow my pattern of life. In the final analysis, more is caught than is taught. Children learn more by the eye than they do by the ear. And someone has wisely said, he who sins before a child sins double. You see, so much depends upon what our children see in us both negatively and positively. If they see a pattern of you treating women disrespectfully, then they're going to be at a high risk of doing that. If they see a contentious uh, and an, uh, uh, an angry person in you as it relates to coworkers and, and uh, social relationships, then they're probably going to display that. If you drink, then they'll probably follow suit. You see, so much depends upon what they see in us, not only negatively, but also positively. If we're trustworthy, if we're loving, if we're caring, uh, if we're self-disciplined, if we're honest, then that's also going to affect them. You see, children may not always understand your lecturing. The fact is, they won't always understand it, but they do understand your life. They do understand what they see in you. One great commander was known to say on the battlefield, not go forward, but come. In other words, he was out in front of them. Somebody said, if you want to test your leadership, just look behind you and see who's following you. 
That's pretty convicting, isn't it? Just look behind you and see who's following you. So when it comes to learning about how to be a mature Christian father from the Heavenly Father, the first thing that I want to emphasize is our practice, our pattern of life. I've known great men who were far from being Bible scholars that blessed their children incredibly and it primarily had to do with the way that they lived. It's something special about being able to see Jesus in somebody else. And so we find here the pattern of the perfect father, but notice also the plan of the perfect father. Romans chapter 8, verse number 29 says, uh, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Now God has a plan for his children I can say without hesitation this afternoon, I know what God's plan is for you. God's plan for you is for you to be conformed to the image of Jesus. God is so in love with Jesus that he's populating the world and eternity with little Jesuses. That's what that verse is telling us. And so that begs the question, what is your plan for your home? I know that if you're a Christ follower, what the plan for your home ought to be, it ought to be uh, helping to conform your children, working together with God uh, to help to conform your children into the image of Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 3, 9 that we are laborers together with God. And what God is laboring to do right now is, is he is laboring to work in lives to make people more like Jesus. And beloved, as we follow Christ, uh, that also is what we are to do. That's what we're supposed to be doing. We're working together with God. Now, that word conform, whatever you want to say about that word, it certainly means uh, the process of forming and fashioning. And the point is, is we ought to be patiently forming and fashioning together with God, our children, into the image of God's Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we have to do it patiently. We can do it only as they are able to bear it, their children. And I oftentimes remind myself of what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. He said, whenever I was a child, I spake as a child, I thought as a child, I understood as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. So we have to work with them graciously, but nonetheless, this ought to be the objective. And let me say just as plain as I can say it this afternoon, it is our place to set the agenda. It is our place to be the leaders of our home. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, to train up a child in the way he should go. Not the way he would go, but the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, I want to speak frankly to you this afternoon. I want to do it in the love of Jesus and in the spirit of Jesus. But I do want to say sometimes uh, to this generation of would-be men, be a man. You're going to let a kid run you? I mean, it's a shame to me uh, where... People won't stand with their ministers and their youth ministers and their teachers, but instead they'll side with carnality as it relates to their children. I know there's a time for us to stand with our children. I'm not against that, but what I'm telling you is 
is that we, we want to let God be true and every man a liar and we want to stand for God's principles and walk in God's ways. And this whole ideal of undermining authority before your children and helping them to do that, let me say just as plain as I can, you are doing them no favor. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. He that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And so what we find here is the pattern of the perfect father, the plan of the perfect father. But also I want you to see with me the protection of the perfect father. The Bible says in John 10, 25 that, or excuse me, John chapter 10, verse 29, my father which gave them me is greater than all and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. John 17, 11 says, and now I, I am no more in the world, Jesus said, but these are in the world. I come to thee, holy father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me that they may be one as we are. The father protects his children from the onslaughts of hell. And similarly, we as fathers are to discern the evil ways of the world and attempt to shield our family from those things. That is so important. The father is supposed to offer protection. The father is supposed to offer physical protection. Certainly, it is our place to make sure the doors are secure at night. It's our place to defend, the honors, uh, the, to defend the honor of our wives. When someone in your home feels threatened, they ought to come to you. Um, but with that being said, we're also to offer spiritual protection to our children and understand the, I mean, this whole new wave media, I know there's a lot of good in it, but there's a lot of hell in it. And we have to recognize that it's our place to help to protect our children from that. I mentioned my grandparents last night. And back then, there was things on TV I didn't watch. You know, I was not permitted to watch those things. And my, my parents tried to protect me. That's what you're supposed to do for children. That's what the Heavenly Father does for us. So we find here the pattern of the perfect father, the plan of the perfect father, uh, the protection of the perfect father, but also notice the pity of the perfect father. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation. God comforts us in our tribulation. And just as God is willing to enter into our trials and comfort us and counsel us, so we should be willing to enter into our kids' childish troubles and listen to them. Let them talk. Listen to them. That's a big problem we have. Not listening. And they're going to be wrong about a lot, but I mean, come on. Let them talk. Sometimes you'll, you'll, actually, you'll learn some things that way. And they will uh, sense a, a tenderness about you that they ought to see in you as their father. I mean, you know, what's big to me is not big to God. <laughs> I mean, I went to the, we went to Pensacola last week. Our children are, uh, 
they're, you know, they've been doing a Becca for years, and so they wanted to go down and meet some of their teachers, and uh, we stayed on the beach, and I, you know, I love the ocean. I mean, I, I mean, I know, you know, at times it ain't healthy for a Christian man to be there and all like that, but there's just something about that place that just, I just get enraptured with the glory of God. To think that, I mean, God holds that in his hand, and he's my God. I mean, this ain't no big, preaching is important, but it's not a big deal. God can handle it. I, I don't have to get shook up over a bunch of Baptists. That's my God. I'm in his hands. So my point is, is what, you know, what's big to me is under the feet of the Lord. Well, sometimes when a child comes to you, you know, it's easy to just be dismissive like there's nothing to it, but it's big to them. And if you're going to be like God, you're going to enter into that with them. You're going to have the pity, the compassion, the love to do that. And so we find here, uh, number one, the pattern of the perfect father, the plan of the perfect father, the protection of the mature Christian father, the pity of the mature Christian father, but also the peace of the mature Christian father. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. God bestows peace upon the believer. He gives us peace with God and the peace of God. That's something that's emphasized. And I'm so glad that the Lord gives us peace in the midst of our storms and in the in the midst of our valleys, in a lesser measure, it is our place to offer peace and confidence and assurance to our families as they are passing through the storms of life. Uh, that is one of our responsibilities. Now, there's nothing wrong with the man feeling deeply and even revealing his inner emotions. But there is a place for a Christian man to offer confidence and strength to his family during the struggles and the valleys of life. As a huge oak tree provides shelter and security for all the living creatures which nest in its branches, a strong Christian father and man provides security and comfort and strength for their home and for those in their homes. I know this goes against the grain. We're living in a time in which the, you know, uh, the uh, current media has really been propagating role reversal. But I submit to you that's ungodly. And I'm not endorsing everything Rush Limbaugh does, but he's been harping on this for years. The just the feminism, the feminization of the American man of the Western man. I mean, praise God, celebrate the differences. God made us different so he can make us one. And we ought to accept uh, our responsibility to offer strength and assurance and confidence to our families when the heartaches come. That's part of what God has given us to the home for. And so what we find here is we see the pattern of the 
perfect father, the plan of the perfect father, the protection of the perfect father, the pity of the perfect father, the peace of the perfect father, also the provision of the perfect father. My, the Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. It is still the man's charge to provide for his home. The Bible tells us in 1 Timothy 5, 8, if any provide not for his own, especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and he's worse than an infidel. Now, for the most part, this is not a problem amongst professing men, believers, and I appreciate you. I love you and the Lord today. But every now and again, you'll find a man, even within the body of Christ, he is a part of the body of Christ, who is just disgracefully negligent when it comes to providing for his home. But then he wants to preach to everybody else about various and sundry things. The Bible says he's worse than an infidel. He has denied the faith. And I want to say to him this afternoon, shut up. You have no business preaching to nobody. You are a lazy sight. I mean, I, I don't see this a lot, but occasionally I will, I will see it, and it is pathetic. Amen. My daddy, I don't even know if he knew the Lord, but he'd go to work and make a living. Amen. Well, if we kept preaching, this may get interesting, Brother Mike. It's probably good that we're going to shut it down in a little bit. We find the provision of a mature Christian father, the peace of a mature Christian father, the pity of a mature Christian father, the protection of a mature Christian father, the plan of a mature Christian father, the pattern of a mature Christian father. But I want to close with this, the punishment of the perfect father. In Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 through 11, you'll find how the Bible talks about that God chastens those whom he loves. And he does it because he loves us. Because when you are exercised with chastisement, it produces the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto all those who are exercised thereby. What we have to understand is, is that as fathers... We don't always give our children what they want, but in love we should always give them what they need. Not for our reputation, and certainly not to vent anger. I'm not in any measure condoning child abuse, but lovingly discipline your children because you want what's best for them. We've already talked about how we are to have a tenderness towards our children, but what I want to close today with us, we have to be careful lest we go to the excess with that tenderness. In other words, it's only natural to be affectionate towards your own flesh and blood, but you should not allow that to blind you to their faults, uh, to the point that you overlook their bad conduct. Because if you do that, then you are contributing to the Destruction of their souls. The perfect father disciplines his children for their good.
And this is something that is expressly taught in the scriptures. Proverbs 13, 24 says, He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him. Proverbs 19, 18 says, Chasten thy son while there is hope, and let, uh, let not thy soul spare for his crying. Proverbs 22, 15 says, Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it from him. Proverbs 29, 15 says, The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left himself bringeth his mother to shame. Proverbs 29, 17 declares, Correct thy son, and he shall give thee rest. Yea, he shall give delight to thy soul. I want to tell you, our Heavenly Father wants to work with us and help to form Christ followers in our home. But he's not going to do for you what it is your responsibility to do. And it is our responsibility to lead our homes as the Lord would have us to lead our homes. And that's going to involve punishment. It's going to involve provision. It's going to involve peace and pity and protection. It's going to involve a plan and it's going to involve a pattern. Now, I don't claim to be the end-all, be-all on this. I have to ask for forgiveness a lot. I have to repent a lot. I have to learn a lot. But I will say that my wife and I are sincerely trying to give our children the best opportunity we can for them to be Christ followers. And that's what I want to lay upon at your heart today. The mature Christian man, his life is marked by spiritual progress. His life is marked by sexual purity. He is a one-woman man. And his life is marked by scriptural parenting. We have a moment. Let me just read this passage and I'll close with this. I told you all of these are found right there in the passage which speaks about the qualifications of a pastor in 1 Timothy. And this is, of course, dealing with those who are mature in the faith. You may not ever be a pastor, but you are to strive for maturity in the faith. This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desires the good work. 1 Timothy 3.1 A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, a one-woman man, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach. Not given to wine, not a no striker, not greedy or filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous. One that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. There is scriptural parenting. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Not a novice. There is someone who is involved in spiritual progress. Lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into the reproach and snare of the devil. I appreciate you letting me have the joy of preaching God's word to you. And if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, please don't leave here if God's been dealing with you. Harden not your voice while the Spirit of God speaks to you. You can't get saved without the Lord drawing you. So if he's drawing you, come to Jesus today. Receive him. May God help us. Would you, would you pray for me that I would be a mature Christian man? I'm not preaching sinless perfection, but we ought to sin less and less and less as we go on with the Lord. I'm not preaching sinlessness, but we ought to mature in God. And I, I covet your prayers. 
for that. And I, I have been praying for you. And I will pray for you. There's a desperate need for mature Christian men in our society, in our churches, in our families. And frankly, there's a grieving lack of it. May God ha help us. May God have mercy upon us. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Southland Podcast. May the message you've just heard be truth that transforms your heart and life. Christ loves you and wants you to grow in His grace through salvation and sanctification. If you've never placed your faith and trust in the finished work of Christ, we'd love to talk to you personally. Please give us a call at 318-894-9154 or shoot me an email at mherpster at southlandcamp.org. Christ has promised eternal life and a life worth living if you will only believe in Him. May the Lord bless you in your pursuit of Christ-like living. Tune in next time right here for another message on the Southland Podcast.